2: For some trouble. Something's turning my spider sense off. spider sense is tingling. My spider
0: sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling?
1: Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug, and I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yes, and it's about time. To listen to this show, find us on 4 and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And hey, we have a bit of word snappers news.
0: <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. It has been a while. How I don't know how you did this.
1: I forgot about this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So our our words that we managed to fit into the last episode were submitted by Gemma Nicole, and they were <laughs> apparently giraffes are real animals.
0: <laughs> the amazing segue that you took or tangent that you took to get to that point. <laughs> Was very impressive. I must commend you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot that we we had that. Uh, That's so funny.
0: Yeah, it was a big chunk of the last uh, episode. So yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you, Gemma. Um, if you are interested in playing Walloping Word Snappers with us, there's two ways to play. One is just to guess whether or not our nonsense is organic or something somebody submitted, or to submit the nonsense yourself over on Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers.
0: Yes, yes. Excited to get more weird things, like apparently giraffes are real animals. I didn't know that. I thought they were fake, but that's cool. No one's convinced (laughs) Someone prove it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today... No giraffes in these two episodes, because they're not real. Right, right. Or this this one episode we're talking about as part of a two-episode two-parter that is very much a two-parter. I don't even know how we're really going to talk about this first one, because so much of it is, like, reliant on what happens in part two next week. But we'll get to that when we get to that, I guess. We
1: got this.
0: (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) These episodes are... Uh, wild. Uh Um, (laughs) It's a two-parter also known as everyone gets kidnapped and no one gets what they want Uh uh, is the subtitle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you thought you were kidnapped and you're done being kidnapped then you get kidnapped again. Yeah. That's this Uh two-parter in a nutshell. uh Basically.
1: That's how it all works. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of kidnapping and chaos.
0: Kidnapping and chaos. Yep. That's, that's, uh, Yep, Um, we're talking about part one of this two-parter. This is Spider-Man the Animated Series, Season 2, Episode 11, entitled Neogenic Nightmare, Chapter 11, Tablet of Time. The synopsis per IMDb is, the ancient tablet of time has been discovered, and Dr. Connors has been assigned to study it. But Silvermane and Kingpin are both after it as well.
1: This one originally aired on November 18th, 1995, and it was written by Mark Hoffmeyer, Stan Berkowitz, and, of course, John Semper.
0: We have talked about all these people before, but if you want to learn more about Mark Hoffmeyer, talk about him extensively on our second episode um, on the Spider Slayers. And then with Berkowitz, we've talked about him on the first episode, Night of the Lizard. And both of them are uh, wrote a lot of episodes of this show, so plenty of stuff to talk about with them.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, yes. We get a few characters introduced uh, and spotlighted over the course of these two episodes. Well, I guess they're all introduced in this first episode, but they're spotlighted over the course of the two episodes. The first of which is Tombstone, who I I wasn't expecting. I knew that he was in the show eventually. I just didn't know when it happened, so uh, that that was a uh, pleasant surprise. But this tombstone is portrayed by Dorian Harewood, who uh, is the voice of Dr. Bromwell from The Spectacular Spider-Man, actually. So yeah, we know him,
0: mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, he,
1: yeah. if, if you haven't listened to any of our Spectacular stuff, or if you forgot, he also voiced Martian Manhunter in The Batman, Jim Tate, aka Armory in Batman Beyond, Shredder in the 89 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he was the second voice of Rhodey. On the Iron Man animated series, because I believe the first was Uncle Phil.
0: Yes, he was. Yes.
1: Uh, As well as many, 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 many other voice credits that you would recognize, including a character named Little Anton in Gargoyles. That
0: doesn't, Uh, I don't recognize, I don't recognize that. I
1: don't know who that is. (laughs) I have to look that up. He also appeared on screen in a Plenty of Stuff, but Some Things You Might Recognize are Roots, The Next Generation, Full Metal Jacket, Seventh Heaven, and The Sarah Connors Chronicles. All kinds of stuff.
0: Sarah Connor 1. It's a singular, not Sarah Connors Sarah Chronicles. Connor? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There's only one Sarah gotcha. Connor in The Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's okay. It's a good show. <laughs> Everyone should watch it. It's a very good show. That's why I felt the need to call it out. <laughs> no, that's, I, that's fine. <laughs> And also, we have two other characters introduced, and a third returns for very cool reasons. I don't know why you wrote that in the notes. (laughs) I'm I'm
1: blanking on that. Very cool reasons, backslash sarcasm, grimace, uh, yikes face, and we'll get there, I guess. Okay. There's a theme between these two characters that are introduced. They didn't need to exist prior to these episodes, I guess. But oh, uh... Uh, mm,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, we'll get there. I, I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the first character that should have appeared like six episodes ago is uh, Elisa Silver slash Elisa Silver, Maine, portrayed by Lee Allen Baker as Lee Baker Bailey is how she's credited. This was Baker's second voice role after one episode on the Incredible Hulk animated series. So she was still really new to voice acting mm-hmm. at this point, which is interesting. However, she's since provided voice talent on a number of video games, including God of War II, Mass Effect, Gears of War 2, Halo Wars, and many others. Um, she also acts on screen, appearing in shows like Charmed and Will and & Grace for recurring guest roles. And she portrayed Amy Duncan, the mother of Charlie, in the Disney series Good Luck Charlie for nearly 100 episodes. So she's doing pretty well for herself. Yeah,
1: I think uh, Good Luck Charlie probably opened up a bunch of stuff for her too, because I think she does voice roles on maybe like Jake and the Neverland Pirates and other Disney stuff. Once you're cool. with Disney, you're like, good. <laughs> sure, sure. We saw that with uh, Marvel Rising. I feel like that was a, a big thing where it was like, yep. you're with Disney. Now you're in a bunch of Marvel stuff.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: We also get Vanessa Fisk, uh, the wife of one Wilson Fisk, and she is portrayed by Caroline Goodall. I guess it's I guess it's worth noting that she's credited as Caroline Goodall, but I think it's just a typo, which is unfortunate. <laughs> Jesus. But her name is Goodall. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like a one-letter difference. Uh, yeah. So she is in plenty of big stuff that you would recognize. She is uh, Moira Robin Williams' wife in the movie Hook, and Emily Liam Neeson's wife in the movie Schindler's List. She also portrays oh, wow. Helen Anne Hathaway's mom in the Princess Diaries, and this is actually her only voice credit to date.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Yeah is really good in this like voice acting role. So mm-hmm. huh. is she is she British in real life? Do you know? I I mean based on those roles based on those roles it sounds like she is, only because her accent in this episode and the next one is very hard to pin down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it not just like rich lady accent?
0: I mean, but it seems like she's trying to do like a transatlantic like rich lady thing, but there are British sounding phrases that come out of her mouth a lot she is she's from london yeah no you got it okay so she was just kind of (laughs) trying and failing to do an american accent
1: that is all it is well then good thing she was playing a rich lady because it works in that case
0: (laughs) yeah it's yeah it still worked for the character it's just funny sometimes
1: (laughs) yeah but uh but yeah i I liked her too i thought she was she was good that's a character i wish i wish we would see a lot more of
0: or, you know, would have earlier in the season mm-hmm. in this show that was actually planting stuff from the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, mm-hmm. but for some reason only did it for certain characters? Okay, we'll get into it.
1: Yeah. These are episodes that feel a little bit out of time given where the series is at at the moment. They feel a bit more season one than season two, and uh, uh, I suppose we should get into why, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't mean to sound so dejected with that, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess we could talk about um. <laughs> They happen. <laughs> I don't I don't hate I don't hate I don't hate this two parter like at all. In fact there's stuff to like love about it, but I just there's not a lot of like substance to be pulled from it, I think. So yeah. well, let's uh let's see what we can do.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm proud of this show for not having a recap here because one thing that I've the reason I've been so interested in the recaps is like watching a newly serialized show figure out how to use recaps. You didn't need mm-hmm. one. You're starting a new story. Good job. Yep. And I don't know. I guess they could have They could have done stuff about neogenics, but we just saw stuff about neogenics. So it's fine. It's fine. No recap. We're yeah. good. Yeah. Thanks, show.
0: They exposit enough like of the background stuff anyway. Yeah. It, it, like, they're pretty good about that at, at this point. Yeah.
1: Well, the episode proper opens with... <laughs> we got off to a really good start with this episode because the episode <laughs> opens <laughs> with two... Uh, White Guy Explorers dis- discovering, big quotes, discovering the ancient tablet of time with the aid of an almost certainly meant to be indigenous man who carries mm. all of their stuff and doesn't have shoes. Cool look.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
1: I don't know that this is even necessarily like the show's fault. This is just such a – it's like such a common narrative and this was in the 90s and it's, yeah. it's supposed to be Indiana Jonesy and whatever. It's just – <sighs> All right. Well, yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: It's frustrating because it's not like none of it's like necessary anyway. You know? know, like it wasn't even it was just like they could have just opened with like this thing. This relic was discovered. <laughs> like you didn't need this opening because I mean, it's already like you have to do some mental gymnastics for any any of these stories. That's just like a cool ancient relic, which are, is cool. Like I like stories yeah. about ancient relics, but they're always going to be like a teensy bit problematic because it's always going to be like what culture did you just like steal this ancient relic from that might actually belong to people that like live where that ancient relic was uh, like I, yeah, yeah. and this was called out specifically to be the Toltecs which
1: are real people
0: which is real yeah they didn't just like <laughs> make up they didn't just like make they I thought when I first watched it I, I honestly didn't even like really catch it because they only yeah kind of casually throw it out a couple of times um they don't just make it like vaguely like ancient civilizations, which I don't know if that's better or worse that they're calling it out as real, yeah. like instead of just making it vague. Like, at least that they did like the barest amount of research by saying like Toltecs, they're like this Mesoamerican culture. I think they're like pre Aztec. Well, um,
1: I, 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 there's a cynical part of me that says it was like a safe choice because I don't think we really know that much about the Toltecs. I think like a lot yeah. of their history is chalked up to mythology. So they kind of can say whatever they want.
0: <laughs> it's, it's true. Then there's a lot of like just, uh, I mean, this isn't a lot of stuff that I knew already. I just, I just did like a little like cursory like Wikipedia read sure. on it. Um, but like I, I think that they're sort of used as the basis of like some new agey stuff. Like, you know, Carlos uh, Castaneda, like he's an, he's an author mm. that does a lot of like new agey stuff. And he uses like claims to use like Toltec Uh, I don't know, like, lessons or whatever for, like, how he lives and everything and the stuff that he writes about. So there's definitely, like, precedent for this particular culture, like, having some kind of interesting, vaguely, like, new agey stuff attached to it. Especially, like, if you're in the 90s and you're just kind of going by whatever, like, pop culture people are telling you because you can't – there's only so much research that you can do on your own without, like – Spending a lot of time going to a museum and talking to someone, which they probably didn't have time to do as TV writers. So,
2: yeah,
0: yeah it's just it's complicated doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's a Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> they weren't going to do their research for it. You know, like you're yeah. not going to have they're not going to have the time or resources or skills to do a story like this appropriately. Right. right. It's just the the background. For well, this. yeah,
1: there it's a template that, that everyone's familiar with. So, like, yeah, we need we need to get there. And this is how we're getting there. Yep. This has been Doug and Derek are glad we've progressed. Some.
0: a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. I mean, we're still like a couple of white guys talking about this stuff. So, you know, whatever. I would, this is the kind of time where I would be interested to get someone who either is more knowledgeable or just like actually like an indigenous person of like that area mm-hmm. or something or ha- some kind of like cultural heritage that would <laughs> be like, how do you, what do you think of this? Like, how do you actually feel um, about this kind of stuff? I mean,
1: yes, but I think it's, <laughs> there's also just like the fact that they're just making stuff up in the show. Like, I think, I think we <laughs> yeah, know that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It would, it, it would it'd certainly be more beneficial than hearing us talk about it. But uh, if nothing else, it is uh, not creative, so I can yeah. I can say that much uh, yeah. somewhat confidently. So anyway, there's a news story talking about this big discovery, and it explains that the tablet that's been found is a priceless <laughs> – I was on something when I was writing these notes uh, – <laughs> is a priceless relic of a lost civilization. So naturally, it's set to be taken from where it belongs uh, and passed from museum <laughs> to museum around the world. Uh, to be shown off. But first, they're going to study it at Empire State University. Uh, and it's going to be studied by Dr. Kurt Connors.
0: Yeah. So at least there's a reason that this is on the news in New York. Because <laughs> yes. otherwise, it's sort of like, why is New York News just like talking about a random like <laughs> ancient relic archaeological find? Yeah. But no, it's because it's literally going to be in the heart of New York studied yeah. by a New York scientist. Right. So at least that makes sense. Sure.
1: Yeah, I know that makes lots of sense. For sure. I like that Dr. Connors is tapped to research everything. And I know that it's across a couple shows we've talked about, but when you combine all the things that he has tapped to study, it's just like he's the scientist of all things and it's beautiful. I know, it's
0: like you're the, must be the, <laughs> literally the world's top scientist. Yeah. modern renaissance man, <laughs> Kurt Connors. I guess so, I guess so. I do like this scene because it it does a nice bit of intercutting between, like, pretty much every character, roughly, who's going to be involved in this. Like, all the different parties that are kind of going to be fighting for this ancient, priceless relic. yeah. Because it first cuts cuts to J. Jonah Jameson, who tells Robbie to get a story going, which that actually goes nowhere. Jameson has, like, no role to play yeah, in the story. Yeah, that was such ever a appears again.
1: disappointing thing to learn by the end of
0: these I two know.
2: episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it actually was a little silly to involve him because there already is a story running right now. Yeah. Like, that plays no role in anything. It was just like, oh, man, we have to get Ed Asner like to voice a voice n- a number of episodes to, like fulfill his contract. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just throw a line into him here then <laughs> Ooh, boy <laughs> it goes to a tank-topped and very sweaty kingpin mm-hmm. who is wrestling a bunch of other dudes mm-hmm. yep uh yep. yeah
1: and he's pretty much just wearing like sweatpants and a tank top and uh you see all of his muscles all of them every one yep. of them yep and it's good yep
0: um Yep. <laughs> he, he also sees the story as he's patting off all of his uh, glorious sweat and demands the valuable piece be added to his collection.
1: Yes. He wants it because it's a fancy piece of art.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We also see Peter Parker um, working in his bedroom on a new batch of web, and he has the TV on. So he sees this as well. And his sort of reaction to it is, well, people are going to want that, so I should probably pay attention.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because it is it is almost just like um just so just like oh, here we go again uh-huh. <laughs> like been through this one before <laughs> yeah. yeah see
1: Peter Parker also thinks we should have left it alone <laughs>
0: I know right right <laughs> um the last person we see in this sequence is Silvermane who we haven't seen in a little while hey, dude. he desires its mythical slash maybe mystical de aging properties um, which is His main motivation here. It is interesting that everybody has. I guess it's really just him and Kingpin that really want it at this point. But like the funny like contrast between like that looks pretty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want pretty thing in my house versus like I need this to save my life and like give me meaning into this like horrible existence that I'm living. Oh
1: geez, it's like everybody (laughs) could have very easily gotten what they wanted. It's almost Mm -hmm. like the conflict was pointless wait so there's an episode that we're talking about here
2: <laughs>
1: that's uh, not the first
0: time that i hmm. feel like there's like wow if you just like it said like two extra words <laughs> all of this would have been solved but okay we'll just keep kidnapping people it's,
1: it's fun though these types of stories i think are fun where you have multiple perspectives around a specific event and they're all being motivated by the same event but for like different reasons so even yeah. though even though it is one of those things where you could be like, eh, you all could have gotten what you wanted. Still kind of a fun premise.
0: It is. I, I totally get what they're doing. Yeah, It's it's kind of like, and they kind of do a little bit, kind of like a heist, a heist movie kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it makes sense. There's a common goal and everyone wants it. And then they're all like these different parties conflicting and like tripping over themselves to get it. So like, I get it. And I think that they pull it off as well as it could be pulled off. I think it's more just like. The rest of the season has, like, tried to be a little more substancy and, like, have, like, a little more thematic and character-driven. Like, whether it succeeds or fails depends on the episode, but it's at least, like, tried. And these episodes, it's just like, eh, I mean, they all just went cool stone thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I think they could have pulled it off better, but I guess we can we can get yeah. to that. Yeah. After we see this the all everybody's motivation we get <laughs> very long and unnecessary cgi shot i'm i'm impressed with what you're doing we we don't need it here
2: <laughs> yeah
1: i'm glad it's in the daylight that's a, that's an yeah. accomplishment that's cool uh it's harder to do daylight stuff like that uh but
0: eh. i don't think it's that i think it's i for me it was on the same level as the the like pan across the city that they did on the duel of the hunters that just like went on too long like it's just like i don't know it's a cooler I, it was unnecessary, like wholly unnecessary. Yeah. But, but um, I do. It does help with the tension a little bit because it cuts back and forth a bit, um, between oh. that and like um, and the actual dock. So it's almost like you do get a good sense that it's like, oh no, this is them approaching to get this tablet, and it's coming, and it's coming, and there it is. Mm.
1: Yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't like the the fact that it went back and forth.
0: Oh really? Yeah. I, I I
1: get why they did it because it was I think technically two separate approaches. But uh, I don't know, like once it was over, I was like, okay, that was neat. And then they went back to it and I was like, no, why are you going back to it?
0: <laughs> Fast <laughs> travel once. <laughs> yeah, like too much too much of a, well, not too much of a good thing, too, too much of a mediocre thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but they do some cool stuff. I mean, they render the Statue of Liberty uh, they render they render water, um, lots of things they haven't done before, so I appreciate what they're doing. Um, and you know, we know this show needs to fill time sometimes, so i guess I guess <laughs> yeah. if you're going to like push yourself that's that's a good thing to fill time with, I suppose, but yeah e- e- hard to ignore that shot. Uh, we get some other uh-huh. ones that actually we get one later on. I don't know if it's this episode or the next. I think it might be the next one that you could actually pretty easily miss, so that's that's kind of cool. yeah. So they get to the dock after the CGI shot. It's basically to get them to the dock um, where the tablet is being delivered and unloaded. And we see Hammerhead leading a group of goons in an attempt to steal the tablet. And he's stealing it for Silvermane. So Spider-Man, being aware that people are going to be trying to steal it, is also at the dock. And he confronts Hammerhead, whose head we learn is adamantium.
0: Yeah, that's new. I do not know that. that (laughs) I don't think that that's a canon thing. I thought it was just like... I don't. I don't think that that's like a typical six one six thing. I think that that's a change for this. But it's like his head, right? Yeah, like, he's not wearing I mean, a helmet. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, because I think that it's a, it's like the same way. Because I thought that his backstory was just like a surgically implanted, like reinforced, like basically like a metal plate, yeah. just like a super super strong metal plate. Uh-huh. And I think it's the same thing. It's just that metal plate is adamantium this time. So strange. I think it's kind of a cool like tie in the Marvel <laughs> Universe. It actually makes sense. Yeah, no,
1: I, I'm not bothered by it, but it was uh, I'm, I'm strange. I'm imagining the adamantium head is what's strange. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Especially literally shaped like the yeah. way that he's, his head is shaped. Yeah. How does hair grow out of it? I don't know. How does any of that oh, work?
1: Oh, gosh. Maybe he just draws it on with a marker because <laughs> it's kind of shiny
0: it yeah it's shiny and like so- looks solid <laughs> yeah. like so actually that head yeah that might not be hair uh,
2: okay hmm, hmm.
0: you know what else is weird about him Everything? And this is not the first time it's been brought up. Well, yeah, not the first time it's been brought up, but his eyes doing the full on Agent Ford thing where they're closed 90% of the time. Yeah. But then sometimes they'll open Uh-huh. and not for any reason, not like he's extra surprised. It's just like he's talking and they open and then they close again. Well, Why?
1: Why? And in his case, it makes him look confused and sad a lot, which wasn't the case with Agent Ford. Agent Ford just looked like angry and disgruntled. For whatever mm. reason, with Hammerhead, it makes him look like sad and ashamed all the time. Yeah, <laughs> weird yeah. look. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, welcome back, Hammerhead. I guess I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't care about Hammerhead I don't like either. whatsoever.
0: <laughs> not even. And he's such like, he's kind of a big part of this episode. He and is. It's just like okay. I mean, fine.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess whatever. I enjoy him in these two episodes more than I ever have before because he's at least like I guess doing interesting things, even if he's not an interesting guy.
0: Yeah. I, I, If you call I mean, I guess so. I mean,
1: he's doing stuff. He is doing stuff. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Like getting his head stuck in things multiple times.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh Uh-huh.
1: Which I believe happens here. Uh, I think he gets his head stuck in the side of a boat.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yep. Of course he does. Of course he does. He does also manage to
1: throw Spider-Man into a fish grinder.
0: That's terrifying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very gross. Uh, very Saw movie like uh, In fact a very similar thing happens So ew Oh cool But Spider-Man manages to escape uh, And uses one of the blades From the fish grinder To prevent Hammerhead's helicopter from taking the tablet He basically just like frisbees it At the cord that's carrying the tablet Cool and then yeah. Spider-Man catches the tablet and the police decide that he's the one stealing it because <laughs> I guess they haven't been watching this whole thing. <laughs> apparently not. I mean,
0: part of the course, I guess. It's a, spider, yes. it's a Spider-Man thing. Yes. So, you know.
1: <laughs> also, if they didn't do that, we wouldn't get the joke of the century uh, oh, in about three yeah. seconds. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> the, before that happens, the explorers who were apparently nearby, they do come. I like that they like are like, defending spider-man they're like no yeah. he's he's trying to save it that's cool I'm like okay he's got some people on his side that's nice yes. that's nice yeah and then and then those cops are like something about this doesn't smell right and and the and the explorers are like no we're serious spider-man's a good guy and the cops like no i mean something smells really bad <laughs> which i'm sorry look you're on a dock at a like a fish like a fishery or whatever you call it like It smells like that everywhere. Like where you're walking. Also
1: something smells fishy was
0: right there. I
1: can't. It was right there.
0: Three of three credited writers, and they're like three (laughs) of like the best, like most accomplished writers from the show on this episode. I don't understand. Gentlemen. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't understand.
1: It is funny that yeah. this episode almost starts off like making you believe that it could be sort of like more comedy leaning because it's not like the only ridiculous thing that happens. The fact that Hammerhead sure. gets his like, head stuck in things, the fact that they're sort of setting up this many different perspectives, kind of going after the same thing, almost like rat race type thing, like really lends yeah. itself to it being sort of a comedy of errors and just sort of bonkers it's not really where it goes but it's it, no. you know starting the episode i was like oh this is bound to be a very bizarre episode
0: i, I would want i would rather it be like that i think it would be cool and hoffmeyer mark hoffmeyer was one of their comedy guys that they had like mm. he was the one that i remember they said in the interviews back when we were originally talking about him that like he was he he has like an improv background and like everyone thought that he kind of nailed spider-man's sense of humor so like i think in the writer's room he would often like probably like tighten the screws on some of the jokes and stuff so it sort of makes sense for like this beginning portion of the episode to be a little sillier and a little more jokey i do think it shows
1: throughout the two episodes though like i think they do tend to be lighter um and they have more humor in them they're not funny episodes like they're not comedy episodes Mm -hmm. but i do think they're much lighter than the past (laughs) couple things we've covered
0: (laughs) That's a – they're much later than most of the season, really. Yes. So that actually – that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I guess if you think of it as it as like the arc of the season, this is almost like your sort of like reprieve a bit mm-hmm. before, before the finale because you've had so much like body horror and dark stuff that even though there's like a, a relatively like kind of horrifying thing that happens in the next one, like for the most part, these are just so silly and bizarre and all over the place that this is sort of like your – Weirdly, your breather, even though they're so dense and chaotic, like, yeah. it's it's more of your breather, I think, before before going into the finale. It's a
1: little bit more popcorn than the last, yeah. last few things, so. Definitely. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. I, this did give me flashbacks to uh, Spectacular Spider-Man and him, like, smelling like garbage <laughs> and being like, oh, man, I reek. <laughs> I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does sort of uh, smack of that same sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Gets a lot of stuff on his suits in these two episodes.
0: He does. Oh, that's so true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if I mentioned the reason they were talking about him smelling is because Spider-Man was covered in fish stuff and in the fish garbage. Yeah. In case you didn't watch this episode instead of wondering why. that's the which fish is, makes The fish grinder. Fish <laughs> <laughs> grinder. So, yeah, he gets a lot of nasty gunk on him these two. Mm-hmm. That is That is a uh, huh. – Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All that was missing was like a cream pie being thrown in his face. True. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to go full – comedy like Marx Brothers comedy (laughs) slapstick I want the slapstick
1: like series of Spider-Man people would hate it
0: (laughs) I mean this really kind of is on the edge of that to
1: be honest that's true yeah it really is it definitely like I said it it kind of thought or made me think we were going there so
0: yeah yeah so Back at Silvermane's uh, Hammerhead, uh, who's working for Silvermane, he kind of goes and attempts to apologize for his failure to acquire the tablet, but Silvermane takes him off the job. So (laughs) Silvermane explains to a young female that's like behind him, sort of in the shadows, but not so much that you can't like see what clothes she's obviously wearing. She doesn't say anything to, I guess, keep what should be a mystery um, but he's he's kind of talking to her and explains that he's been researching the Toltecs myth- uh, mythical mythical de aging traditions, and that's when we get a flashback to the Toltecs, which is probably problematic. But, um, I'm yeah, sure in some but, like, way. Well animated. <laughs> it is well animated. Cool. It's like weird to see these people like climbing on all fours up yeah. the stairs of a pyramid like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a like a real tradition that some cultures had, but. Yeah, it I initially have... kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like, I feel like that's more of like, look at these like primal savages. Yeah,
1: well, I I, uh, I wish I had more knowledge of how we are supposed to feel about like Fountain of Youth stories because so many <sighs> of them do yeah. seem to be centered around either South or Central American areas and I don't know mm-hmm. if that's because they're actually born out of those cultures and that's something that actually sort of is built into cultures and belief sets and religions and stuff like that or if that's just something that like white European explorers decided was a result of this like quote sure. untouched sort of unexplored all of this in big quotes area you know what I mean so I don't know because like if it is just part of these traditions then like okay cool like it's cool yeah. that we get to see something that that is featured like that. I just don't really have faith that that's what happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: we see this whole like tradition. They they tell us the whole thing and they like animate it and show us and stuff. But I just uh, I don't know what to believe. I'm not inclined to believe that there was research done on this.
0: <laughs> I wish, I, yeah, I wish I'd like done a lick, just like a little more research on that. Cause I didn't even really think about that. Yeah. The fountain of youth stuff is so like, so common, yeah. commonly associated um, with that type of story. So I, I kind of wish I looked into that further. I would be really interested if, if anybody's listening and like is knowledgeable on that kind of stuff. Oh
1: gosh, please like, let us know. I would love to I would to really
0: know. be fascinated. Yeah, because that's the kind of stuff where it's sort of like, maybe we're being unnecessarily hard on it and that's totally fair and we're just being like the worst kind of woke person who's just like, I guess we should just be outraged.
1: <laughs> but Well, I think... I think we are we are cautious and I think that there, so I think there's two things happening, right? There's caution over whether this is a story that is actually problematic and offensive. And I think the other thing is the story is like kind of lazy. And I think one of the things that we can, I can feel confident saying that like the setup and the sort of like explorer finds relic thing, like that regardless of whether it's like rooted in something genuine or not, it is kind of lazy. There's nothing really that creative about it. Yeah. It fits. It works. It, it's a mechanic that that does what it's supposed to do. So that part, I still feel like I can say confidently, like, eh, don't love it. Like you probably could have found a cooler way like, mm-hmm. to do this. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't. Maybe. But that's that and
0: that <laughs> that still go. It still goes back to like my question of like, would it be better to just start it? Have it start out? we have this ancient relic and that, and don't even go into any cultural stuff just to avoid that. Or does that make it worse because you're just like completely erasing that the culture exists. And I think that that depends on like, is this something really pulled from a, an actual mythology mm-hmm. of the actual culture that existed? Or did you just kind of like ascribe that to that culture because it's easy to do that, you know? Yeah, so. I
2: guess it
1: hinges on knowing the answer to the second question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, I will say, the tablet of time is cool. It looks cool, and I think it's kind of a cool concept with the way they handle it. Even like in spite of all the weird stuff that surrounds it. Mm-hmm. Not saying that the way that it is handled in these episodes is perfect or anything, but I think like the general idea and like aesthetic of it, I'm 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 into.
1: I'm all right with it.
0: All right with it. Okay. It's a little <laughs>
1: uh, dare I say, uh, it, it never said gay rights. It has a male sign plus female sign on it. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: i don't know where that comes from Table at a time <laughs> no, what you're trying to say Table at a time <laughs> uh i like the top half of it though it's very cool the, sure. the sort of like skull face on it with the gems and stuff is very very cool
0: i think that's more what i'm thinking of in the general and the way that it works <laughs> with all like the crazy lights and lathers and stuff i think all that's cool yeah um, which we'll get to that later. I but, only bring that well, up because I see paused that.
1: to see what was on it. I was like trying to see what symbols and <laughs> things like that were on it. Those are the only recognizable ones.
0: <laughs> that's, of, all, of all the symbols that you could put, like, that's so weird. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. We do, we do see, like, the tablet of time in action in in this sort of, like, flashback. I guess you can't call it a flashback, really. It's more like what Silvermane is, like, imagining happened because no one's actually remembering this. Yeah. But. This, this sort of vision of like what, what might have happened, you kind of get to see it in action or like they bring in light from the sky to like kind of reflect on the tablet and it reflects on other stuff and basically it causes like a bunch of lasers to bounce off different walls and then reflects back into it and then, and then that reflects on the person standing in front of it and they get their youth back basically. Turn from an old person into like a comfortably like probably 20-something person
1: <laughs> basically. <laughs> Yeah, hard to say with these character designs. Could be
0: 40, could be
1: 20, I don't know.
0: <laughs> they turn back to the eternal 35-year-old that they are. <laughs> yes. But uh, but either way, they're younger. And that's why Silvermane wants it. And he also wants it so once he gets his youth back, he'll have the strength to kind of get back at his enemies, including the Kingpin. To which we see a really brief flashback to the season premiere where Kingpin (laughs) threw him out of a helicopter Mm -hmm. and and he somehow didn't break his back.
1: I guess that would be the reason that everybody can't get what they want because Kingpin wouldn't want him to be able to get revenge. So That's true. What a foolish thing I said earlier.
0: Well, but Kingpin wouldn't would never know what the tablet of time is for, though. You know, like yeah. he only learns because Hammerhead tells him, and then for some reason believes him. That's true. But like, there's no reason for him to actually think that it's a thing that would work. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, he I, I feel like he might have he might have not struck a deal with Silvermane and like sold it to him just just out of spite for Silvermane because he was being an asshole. But I think it's entirely possible that if Silvermane offered him enough money and stuff kingpin might have handed it over at some point yeah we'll never know we'll never know
1: so at kingpin's place like his actual place where he's eating dinner and stuff not his like penthouse lair fisk's wife vanessa expresses discontent at their relationship she claims that he doesn't have time for her because he's just criming all the time which is true um and uh-huh. we see that in action because as he is retorting in the most <laughs> like expected way that this business paid for our life. He's interrupted by a business call
0: <laughs> and That's he takes funny. it. It's <laughs> a good joke.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. It's uh, it's kind of perfect. Kingpin funnier in this episode than I would have expected. Not cause he's telling jokes, but just like the things he's doing are funny.
0: That's so true. He really, I really, there's a lot of that in, in both of these mm-hmm. episodes. You're right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And as he takes that call, so he's interrupted by this business call, which is, It's really like his security guy, I think. I don't think it's like a business call, but whatever. (laughs) Giving him a heads up that somebody broke into the property and that somebody is Hammerhead who smashes through the dining room door in that exact moment to make himself known and to speak with Kingpin.
0: Yes. So, I will say, with the Vanessa stuff, first of all, I think it's funny that, of course, they have that giant rich person, like, long dinner table that every rich person on every movie and show has to show that they have distance between them. And they're actually close, even though they have everything that they <laughs> need. Even, like, Harry Osborn's parents had it in Spectacular yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's, like, part of the course. But th- Vanessa, she's one of two characters in this that definitely... It's weird that like this is the first time she's mentioned and appears, but this being her first appearance, at least in this episode bothers me less than the other appearance, if only because I think it almost proves her point that we've only seen Kingpin's business side this whole time, and he's never mentioned her, mm-hmm. and then it's sort of like, yeah, you had a wife this whole time, and you've never even like brought her up, or like that shows how consumed into your like crime business that you are, yeah, I think the only reason that it doesn't work is like what happens at the end of this two-parter though i don't feel like it's it would be as emotionally resonant as if like we had known her for longer yeah but at least for the purposes of like this scene and her introduction i don't mind this being her first appearance because that just kind of solidifies her point
1: yes i i so i'm gonna be hard on introducing and bringing back one of the characters over the course of these two because of what happens to all three of them uh-huh. But the characters themselves aren't bad, and they do all, almost all have like agency at points throughout the episodes. So they're sure. not full strikeout characters. They're not total loser characters. It's just they all happen to be introduced in the same episode for the same thing, which is a big bummer yes. on the part of the – overarching writing of them being involved
0: <laughs> and i just i don't know why for this whole time i was like who's the third person he's talking about and i just figured it out so yeah <laughs> makes sense. Yep. cool 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 yeah oh uh, yeah yeah we'll get to that um very soon so when you brought up the table
1: i thought you were going to bring up the fact that there is like a plate in the middle of the table like there's just like a plate
0: there yeah How does that work? I don't know. I guess they have—they probably have a butler who's like serving them. So that's just there for looks. And then if they want, I guess if they want seconds, the butler has to give it to them, which seems stupid. I'm
1: sorry. Do they put that on the table or is that all just in the kitchen? Like, I don't actually know, but I... It makes... (laughs) Is it...
0: What if it was... Maybe it's not real food. Maybe that was just their (laughs) weird centerpiece, you know?
1: (laughs) That would be amazing. What if they just demanded a centerpiece of all of their meals?
0: Is it that weirder? Is it that much weirder than like having a bowl of plastic fruit, <laughs> you know? Oh,
1: it is when it looks exactly like your meal. <laughs> That's
0: true. <laughs> That's true. You're not just eating like a bowl of like full fruit for dinner. So yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner
1: tonight? Beef stroganoff. Make sure the centerpiece is also beef stroganoff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. It was, uh, it was, uh, I was very intrigued by the, the middle of the table plate.
0: Fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. The this this interaction between Kingpin and, and Hammerhead's happening. Um he drops the chandelier on Hammerhead to kind of trap him basically and it's sort of like, Hey dude, if I if I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you already, so what do you want? So Hammerhead explains that, you know, he's not there to kill Kingpin or whatever. He is explicitly there for Silvermane and to betray Silvermane. He wants to uh, kind of give him give him what Silvermane's plan is to earn Kingpin's trust and eventually, I guess, become a lackey of Kingpin is what he wants. Um, so uh, Hammerhead's doing a full-on hobgoblin and double-crossing Silvermane.
2: Yeah,
1: if you're Kingpin, <laughs> how do you trust anybody? Because literally everyone who comes to you is coming to you because they've just betrayed the person they were loyal to. <laughs>
0: Or do you just think, God, I really am the best boss in town I because guess. everyone is flocking to get a job with me?
1: I mean, if you you could interpret it that everybody is ultimately more loyal to you,
0: I think that that's pro- with an ego like him, he probably would interpret it like that. Oh. And and he hasn't he hasn't had as many betrayals as anyone else. I think Hobgoblin betrayed him. I think, but like he bet- Hobgoblin literally betrays everyone <laughs> like seven times true. over and over again. So true. It's like. So I think that he's had better luck than pretty much every other like businessman or crime law mm. crime boss that he's worked with. Yeah, and like you know, he's if I looked like kingpin, I feel like I would just like not give a shit it either. So, that's true. And yeah. think that I'm the like the baddest bitch in New York. He doesn't so, really like, need
1: people to be loyal. He just needs pieces he can move, right, and he can right. move all of them.
0: <laughs> so mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who cares if they're loyal or not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I mentioned this earlier. I do think it's weird. Hammerhead explains Silvermane's plan and it's like Silvermane wants tab the tablet of time and Kingpin I think it's really funny. He's just like, yeah, every everybody wants it. Like what? <laughs> That's not news. So who cares? Yeah. Um and then then uh, Hammerhead's like, "But he wants it because he thinks it's magic." <laughs> and Kingpin's like, "Hmm, very interesting." <laughs> and it's just like completely swayed and like now it's the thing that he wants more than anything. Yeah. I mean, I think that You could easily argue that, like, Kingpin doesn't like Silvermane and anything that he finds to be extra important to Silvermane, he wants to take away from him. But, like, we don't get that spelled out explicitly, so I think it's funny to just to be like, he just believes that magic de-aging things exist and is like, (laughs) now I want it. I
1: mean, I guess if somebody thinks it's true, I also think it's true. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. And if Hammerhead's (laughs) the one telling me, then obviously it's true. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sure. I mean, sure. <laughs> Kingpin,
1: I, I will say, like, Kingpin talks to Alistair is the next thing that happens and basically asks him, like, if if the new project he's working on is ready to go and can help him out, Alistair says yes. The reason I bring up Alistair is because Alistair and Kingpin have this sort of, like, weird, contentious relationship where Alistair, mm-hmm. like, challenges Kingpin all the time and Kingpin doesn't smash his skull for some reason. And at some point throughout these episodes, Alistair does say, like, you're trusting hammerhead or something like that and kingpin's like no i'm i'm not like i'm not just gonna like let him do things for me he has to prove it first so i guess like i'm i'm being sort of critical of of kingpin for just instantly trusting people but he really isn't yeah he really does sort of understand like i have to bring this person in i have to give them a shot and be wary of them the whole time so he's better than i'm giving him credit for
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's fair but yeah so now he is going to be working with alistair um to use his New project. I wonder to what that could tab- do. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> to obtain the tablet. <laughs> yeah. So at ESU, the woman, the woman Silvermane was talking to, who I guess we're – I feel like the episode is trying to set up that we're not supposed to connect these dots until later because it's like a big reveal later on, sort of. Like it's played like a big reveal later mm-hmm. on. I have to wonder if when they were writing it, They just never intended to be able to see her clothing, her obvious, like, character model clothing in the shadows. Yeah. Like, they maybe thought that she would be off screen. Because, like, I mean, it's obvious no matter what because, well, no. I mean, I don't know. It's, like, it's weird because it's – the whole whole problem, I think, really is that she's introduced in this episode. So, like, it would have been cool if, like, earlier in the season – Even if just, like, a couple of scenes she appeared and flirted with Peter, and then it could be sort of, like, a pretty devastating twist that it's, like, whoa, this random girl from school, like, is Silvermane's daughter. So, like, that's there on the table that, like, it's it's impossible to not suspect that something's up with her considering she is introduced in the same episode that Silvermane's talking to a mysterious woman even if we didn't see the Mysterious woman's clothes, you know?
1: Yeah, I think if you wanted it to be a a reveal, introduce her earlier, if you Mm -hmm. couldn't introduce her earlier, this all works just fine without it being a mystery.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because it's still engaging that it's like, oh my God, like his, because then, because I mean, yeah, even watching it, like, seeing that, like, Peter is going on a date with her, you're constantly questioning, like, wait, does she know Peter's Spider-Man? Is she doing this to get in league with him? Right. Like, does she actually have feelings for him? Like, all of those questions are out there, so it's still good. The problem is just when, and during the moments when they're trying to play it as a mystery, and it's just sort of like, well, now you just look dumb. Like, <laughs> it was cool when it was, like, complicated, but, like, don't try to play it like a reveal because we already figured it out, like, yeah. immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, immediately is right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not even like, because it's not even like, oh, well, kids are too dumb to get it it's like no if you're a child you're going to be con- you're you're only going to be confused as to why she was standing in the shadows and like w- why she wasn't evil earlier like <laughs> yeah mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm not sure what was going on there but yeah oh well
0: it's just it wouldn't be a big deal if this wasn't in a season that did a really good job of seeding characters before they appeared yeah or, like, or, or before their or, or like early appeared earlier before their plots kicked in
1: yeah we just sort of like saw them masterfully use pieces that they had been introducing over time getting the pieces on the board was sometimes a little clunky but once they had them all it was like okay i can see why you didn't just throw them all on there at once because it actually works better this way so throwing a bunch of pieces on the board after they didn't do that it's like ah, mm-hmm. you were yeah. supposed to
0: learn <laughs> yeah. like she could have just been in the classroom in the first episode with michael and felicia yeah. and peter You know, she could have just been like walking down the street. It's like, hey, Peter, how are you? And then walk by like it didn't have to be a big deal. And I don't think it would have taken any extra time to just have her like in the background of some shots and like having a couple of lines or whatever. Like she didn't even have to be seriously flirting with Peter because it makes it even weirder. Like in the next episode when Peter's like, I really liked her. Like, You talked to her like three times. Like, what are you talking about?
1: Well, it would have been easy to do too, because as we see, like right now, she's connected to Deborah. They work together. Yeah. So they know each other. Um, it's somebody that that would have been around anyway. And if Peter knows Deborah, it's very very easy to believe that he would have also known Elisa.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: They work in the exact same lab.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's just weird. It's just sort of like I mean I know that they they're not writing every single episode before the show starts production. But like, I know for something like this, they have to have broken the season roughly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like you had to know you were going to be getting to the tablet of time story before you got to it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just, but who knows what changed from the beginning of the season to later sure, on. I'm just sure. like, it's just kind of baffling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I you, you had said a couple weeks ago, I think like this season is just strange and that it's sort of, it it does things really, really well sometimes, but it's sort of back and forth, back and forth, where, like, you, you know, whether it's the animation or the storytelling or the introduction of characters, like, you're never quite sure whether you're going to get the really good stuff or the not-so-great stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the yeah. maybe-not-so-great stuff. <laughs>
0: yes. Hello, amazing friends. We'd just like to take a minute to give a special thank you to our spectacular and up patrons, Gemma, Nicole, Katie, and Chris. And
1: if you are interested in becoming a patron, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. We have three different tiers that you can opt into, the first of which is our $1 tier where you get early access to episodes, a bunch of Patreon-exclusive bonus episodes such as our Spider Bite mini-episodes, you get to participate in our Walloping Word Snappers interactive improv game, and you get your own random villain alter-ego.
0: If you join us at our spectacular level at $5, you will get all previous rewards in addition to our monthly After Dark Commentary episodes, a downloadable high-quality poster of our logo art, a personal on-air shout-out on each episode we record while you're a patron, and a Twitter shout-out and Twitter and Instagram follow once you become a patron.
1: And if you really love what we're doing and you want to be a part of it, you can join our amazing tier at $30 where... If you stick around at that amazing tier, you could guest on the episode. That's right. You could be on an episode of Walloping Web Snappers to talk about anything that you would like that is in the Spider-Man
0: canon or mythos. So at the end of the day, it's you guys who lets us keep doing what we're doing. So thank you for that. No matter what level you're able to contribute or if you're just an avid listener who's stopping by, trust us, your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, so she's Alisa Silver, and she is having a conversation with Deborah, like we said. Um, Deborah's ending a lab shift, and Alisa's taking over, and Deborah warns Alisa not to disturb Dr. Connors. And Deborah leaves in Flash's convertible?
1: Yo, we said they were gonna kiss, <laughs> and I think they
0: are. I like how subtle that is, because they're not, they're not making a big deal. Like, they're not having a whole, like, hey, Flash, you wanna go out? It's just uh-huh. sort of like, Oh yeah, I guess they're uh hmm, guess they're going out together. That's nice. It's
1: maybe one of the most brilliant things the show's done.
0: Yeah, cuz they're not a pairing in the comics as far as I know, um if they even like met in the comics at any point. So it's like it's like, actually really cool cuz they work really well together. Like yeah. like we were saying before, like their characters actually jibe together really well. They play off of each other really well, and it felt like a rom com yeah. when they had their little bickering scenes. Yeah, it's so. perfect.
1: Like they met each other, they hated each other, and then realized they're very similar <laughs> uh-huh. in a number of uh-huh. ways.
0: Uh-huh. That's yeah, great. I like it. I like it. So as uh, as Deborah and Flash drive off to what I presume is probably their third date, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at least, uh, maybe further than that. Yeah. Elisa sees Spider-Man enter Dr. Connors's lab through the window, and she is suspicious. hmm
1: I wonder how many people have seen that happen. Probably a lot.
0: I know, because it's not, like, it's pretty not well hidden at all. Like, it's just, like, if you can see it from standing yeah. on the street, like, anyone can see it. He's that.
1: climbing in through the front window. <laughs> it's yeah, just, like, on like... the facade of the building. <laughs> whatever. You're Spider-Man. Do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> sure.
1: Um, Inside the lab, Dr. Connors shows Spider-Man that the Tablet of Time has the ability to rapidly age a vase full of flowers. When Spidey asks about the tablet's ability to do the opposite and de-age things, Connors explains that he believes it's possible, but that he has to figure out the instructions on the tablet because they have not been translated. I think they said that this was like a long-lost relic, and so it's, it's believable that this is just like... Covered in language they don't understand. Yeah, and he says he says basically like if we can figure out what the Toltecs knew, that could be something that would help you and me and our genetic mutation problems because he's kind of figuring out that there's a bit more science involved than mysticism.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: some sort of element or metal or something in the tablet that reacts in certain ways to different types of light. So they're kind of lending some some credence to to this. Otherwise, sort of mythical, mystical process, which yeah. is actually really in line with what we were just talking about. How this show has tended to scientify
0: things. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I kind of like that. It's kind of fun. I like
0: it because it, it fits. It fits into the world that they yeah. built, and that's creative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. that I, think that's I, a, I think that's a great take. And I like, and you know, and actually, like that's one of the things that sort of improves upon. <laughs> Like, kind of co opting an ancient culture. Yeah. Because they're basically being like, no, these guys were smart as shit. Like, yeah. Like, maybe even better than we were at science stuff. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Which is actually like real life true sometimes.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. So I dig that. I dig that a lot. I'm glad,
0: like, they didn't just be like aliens probably made it. Like, That's no, they're true. just like. That's
1: true. That's better than you know? what we saw in Spider Woman. <laughs> yep. When we watched Spider Woman, it was just ancient aliens. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're winning me over.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to. That's what I mean.
1: <laughs> not you, the writers.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm sure they thought of all of these things
0: <laughs> God, yeah when when people do podcasts about our show yes in 30 years in 25 to 30 years yeah better make sure we have our bases covered yeah after 20
1: 25 years of social you know progress
0: <laughs> what will they be talking about so forward thinking uh-huh um, as Spider-Man's receiving his uh, daily, uh, daily neogenic treatment, his spider sense activates and a large robot crashes through the wall of the lab. Is this where he says, another
1: robot, I hate robots?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I, I, I so. love that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> love it. And it's even funnier coming from one of the guys, like in an episode that was in part written by one of the guys who wrote the Spider-Slayers episodes. <laughs> There's something about that that just makes it like poetry.
0: <laughs> yeah, because no one even really, like – yeah, because no one really wanted to do those episodes in, anyway in the first place, I think. Or, <laughs> so, like, I, that's, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Another robot. um, Is this – it's either this or the next scene, but I think he's uh, – yeah, when he's saying, like, not another robot, he says, why aren't women this attracted to Ugh. me?
1: It's this one. It's it's when he first meets the robot. I'm certain of it.
0: Which is like extra annoying in an episode where he like right after this, he gets a date with like a random woman. So it's like, dude, every person you ever meet is attracted to you. What are you talking about? Yeah.
1: If we count, if we take a moment to count, we have Felicia. We have Mary Jane. We have Alisa. We have Rogue and Jubilee. We have (laughs) like that's already more than there are Spider Slayers. It only took one hand. (laughs) and that's certainly not covering all of them (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh rogan jubilee you can both do so much better
0: um seriously (laughs) (laughs) i mean they were attracted to spider-man not peter to be fair fair point very (laughs) there's a stark difference between those two (laughs) yes big difference oh god we're so down on this peter parker sometimes (laughs) he's been great this
1: season for the most part he has been really
0: great he has been great this season it's yeah mostly because he hasn't been like desperately clinging to every woman he meets
1: that's the thing that (laughs) sucks most about this peter parker and he hasn't been doing it lately so yeah you know, know.
0: <laughs> progress 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 it's progress it's fine i will take it yeah. you know what i will give him credit for like not being a dick about the mary jane harry thing to them either yeah. so yeah. which gets referenced a little bit later so like he is evolving mm-hmm. i appreciate that so yeah, he's fighting the robot. Um, the uh, the robot uh, he oh oh this is this is cool. He he attempts to like jump on it and like slides right off of it. He realizes that whatever like polymer or something the robot is covered in like it won't let him stick to it.
2: Yeah.
0: So that's going to be an issue. Uh, the robot tosses Spider-Man and grabs the tablet. And when Doctor Connors attempts to stop the robot, he is also tossed aside and begins to mutate into the lizard.
1: Uh? Yeah. Yeah, his like hand that. starts sort of like reptilifying. Yeah, 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 I like it, I like it. Me too. I didn't realize we were, I knew we got more lizard at some point, wasn't expecting it, so it was a nice surprise.
0: Yeah. Uh, or wasn't yeah.
1: expecting it so soon, I guess I should say. Clearly I was expecting it, but. Um, <laughs> so Spider-Man manages to grab the tablet. Also going to say, like, there's so many points over this episode and the next where we're going to say, so-and-so grab the tablet. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. Yeah. Um, But Spider-Man manages to grab it this time, and he swings away from the lab with the robot following closely behind. He, like, sees that Dr. Connors is beginning to transform. It seems like he's leaving because he either recognizes that it could get a whole lot worse or the fact that Dr. Connors is kind of, like, kind of out of commission because he's transforming. Either way, Mm -hmm. he's like, I got to get out of here. And they end up on a rooftop where it is revealed that the robot is another spider slayer piloted by Alistair Smythe. Yeah. Just what everybody
0: asked for. Oh, yay. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's better because it's not even shaped like a cool spider. It's shaped like a person kind of. Yeah. That's what we wanted. So it
1: kind of looks like an X-Men Sentinel with no color and with three TV faces- that Alistair speaks through.
0: So it's
2: boring,
1: basically, <laughs> is what you're saying? It is not a very inspired design. What I. Okay, it. It's tough because one of the problems with the Spider slayer like the original Spider Slayers, is that some of them were almost like over designed while also kind of being uninspired. This one is like uninspired, but it's not over designed. It's like a pretty simple and straightforward, which does allow yeah. them to animate it in ways that that make plenty of sense it can be a bit more fluid i think than just the sort of like we have 10 legs what do we do with that right sort of thing so i get why they would want to do this just like you know spruce it up spruce it up a little bit
0: yeah and i think that this one i mean i know that this is a design in the comics but I feel it's like definitely this is
1: closer like closer to comic design for sure.
0: It is, and I feel like this was like originally wasn't. I I feel like this was the first Spider Slayer originally, and then they started doing the spider robots later. Um, like when it was Spencer Smythe, his dad doing it, I think. So they like went backwards for it, which makes sense because it's like a very basic '60s design.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an older school, older school design for sure. I still want the one that's just like, and I think maybe this is technically not a. No, I think it was a Spider Slayer. I feel like whatever the robot was that has like Jameson's face on it was that a spider slayer or was that just another spider slaying robot
0: what? in the comic? I don't know what you're talking about a spider slayer with Jameson's yeah, face yeah like on it? it
1: works like this where it's like a monitor and somebody's controlling it remotely but it was Jameson doing it and so it's just like a robot with Jameson's <laughs> face on it like yelling after spider-man which might be the greatest <laughs> enemy of all time <laughs> why
0: does it sound so hilarious because it
1: is it's <laughs> phenomenal <laughs> Wow. yeah, but this, okay. this is like definitely gives those types of vibes. I wish they did more with the face because there are points at which they do clever things with the face, mm-hmm. but plural because it's like maybe twice. Yeah. And they, they really could have done some cool stuff there if they wanted to, uh, but yeah. but didn't really go for it. But I don't know. I, I'm conflicted, because I, I like it better than the spider designs, but I don't really like it, so
0: eh. I guess so. Eh. At least it's not that big of a part of this episode, yeah. the, either of these episodes, really. It's, it's like there for a couple action sequences, and then it's gone. Yeah. So it's not that much of a hindrance or anything. It just feels weirdly out of place for a show that's otherwise, like, reasonably... Even for like over designed nineties things, it's at least like reasonably um like adapted and, and kind of changed yeah. the designs of stuff to update them and it's weird that this one was really not updated at all and feels like it.
1: You know what's kind of strange about its design is I, I this would be a boring toy. This would yeah. be a boring looking toy. So I don't That's know so if this true. was even designed it doesn't look like it was designed to be a toy. I can't imagine it was sold as a toy given how yeah, boring it looks. Ugly toy. Yeah. yeah. But they, they treat it like a toy. Like, they, they treat it the way that you would something you were trying to sell because they show it off and they debut it in a cool way. It, but not in a cool way. It, it's They just debut it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they do, like, a little Mega Slayer battle feature montage where, like, it shoots Spider-Man in, like, three different ways.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And... <laughs> that feels like a toy commercial, but
0: I, That's so true. I don't think it was a toy. I don't know. We'll have to check. I don't know. It probably, it, I mean, I feel like everything was a toy, but it was just <laughs> a, probably a bad one. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Anything that shot anything was a toy that I wanted. So I don't know. Fair. Maybe I would Unfair. have liked that toy.
0: <laughs> Another aspect to it that Alistair points out is that it is it is extremely versatile. Mm. He says, of this giant lumbering <laughs> lumbering robot <laughs> like this tree trunk of a robot. Yeah, definitely <laughs> I was...
1: super versatile very agile
0: <laughs> very agile he says as he walks onto an unstable ledge that spider-man leads him to like Ugh. clearly like alistair is supposed to be a smart guy and he's just like eh, i'm gonna get you i'm so versatile and then it just collapses he <laughs> yeah. which which makes it even, what makes it even worse is Spider-Man's like cool I won and swings away as this giant like probably like thousand-ton robot is falling into a street where there are clearly a bunch of people and cars on the street below it.
1: Yeah. This is uh this is a Peter Parker who just like doesn't <laughs> like doesn't think about what happens anything? after he kicks things. <laughs> and he also doesn't think of anything before he kicks things. So he's just like all about kicking in the moment. <laughs> uh-huh. Wants to kick, kicks, is happy he kicked. That's all.
0: Yeah. Like, luckily for every single human being who would have died a gruesome, painful, horrible death in just seconds, this Mega Slayer does have uh, rocket boots, Mm -hmm. uh, which Spider-Man did not know. Right. Does have rocket boots to, like, fly after Spider-Man now. Yeah. Um, And, of course, you know, guess what? It grabs the tablet
1: what no way i didn't even catch that it grabbed the tablet the first time i watched it so i was like very confused because i wasn't tracking the possession of the tablet very well
0: well it changes hands like fourteen thousand. i know times, i don't think so. i was
1: expecting to need notes to figure out who had the tablet at any given moment right
0: right <laughs> Yeah, so it grabs the tablet and knocks Spider Man into a chicken, a chicken, <laughs> a chicken coop slash chicken where, a warehouse that instead of having boxes has chickens and chicken coops. I I don't know.
1: I guess I don't know. I, don't know. I, I don't guess know. what else can know. you put in a warehouse? Although I I'm here for it if they want to keep making different warehouses. If it's like this one's a chicken <laughs> warehouse, this one's like a spinning top warehouse, this one's <laughs> a jelly warehouse. Like that's hey, that's cool.
0: And then and then. It's a running gag until Spider-Man lands into the pillow warehouse, oh. and it's a soft landing. Oh, we should write a show. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. Yep, yep. One good gag. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Well, so before Smythe can destroy Spider-Man, Kingpin interrupts to tell him to quit playing around and bring the tablet back. <sighs> it would have been so easy to just shoot him. I know, but, you know and it's, it's not the it's, first
1: time this happens. I know. It's a, it's... <laughs> I'm so happy that you decided to show us your arms and your muscle belly and all and that. We get to see you in sweatpants. It's beautiful. But you make some dumb choices in this episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the next one. Same choices, different episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Just kill Spider Man. Yeah. Just do it. You're right I mean... there. Whatever. <laughs>
0: I don't want you to do it, but I wish <laughs> that that hadn't been with saving him. I wish Spider-Man had just done something ingenious yeah. and gotten out.
1: Yeah, it's a weird way to not kill Spider-Man. Yeah. Have Kingpin say don't kill Spider-Man.
0: Right, cuz Spider just been like, "Oh, I can just shoot him." And Kingpin would be like, "Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, oh Yeah, do that yeah. first and then come back." Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. It's like I get it. It's a it's a cartoon show. It's a that whole James Bond scenario like they're not going to kill the hero. I get it. Yeah. So right Better ways for the hero to get out of the scenario.
2: Yeah,
1: Kingpin, you're really gonna look <laughs> back on these moments in a while because we know you're gonna uh-huh. want him dead. You're gonna uh-huh. feel a lot of regret, buddy.
0: Uh huh. <sighs> well, back at ESU, Spider-Man confirms that Doctor Connors is okay. He didn't like fully go like full lizard. So, back in his civilian clothes, Peter is stopped by Elisa, who who catches him on the street and asks him to walk her home because she's kind of nervous about all the cops and everything. Mm-hmm. And she flirts with him a bit and invites him to dinner. Whoa. So, yes. So that would have been nice if, you know, we had some of their, like, friendship or relationship established earlier. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Peter at first kind of brushes her off. But then he's uh, then he's like, wait, no. No. I, I know. I, I can't say I'm too busy because I let Mary Jane go, blah, 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 Mary Jane. So he's like, okay, I will go to dinner with you.
1: See, we don't hate this, Peter. That's learning. That's all we've asked for him to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the – isn't that the scene? He literally walks by the cafe that, that Mary Jane and Peter – or Mary Jane and Peter. Mary Jane and Harry are in, yeah. and he's just like – and he's not even mad about it. He's just like, oh, yeah, I, I screwed that up, so I'm going to not screw this up.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I like that little yeah. moment of introspection. It didn't take long for them to include,
0: and mm-hmm. they
1: showed it alongside that exact sort of maturity you're talking about where he's like looking on and not getting ragey about it yeah or angsty yeah. i guess is probably the better more <laughs> yeah, he's not angsty
0: at all he, yeah. j- he pretty much just like accepts it mm-hmm. and it's just like okay well you know she's hot too so let's do yeah. it <laughs> i will say they're they agree to go to dinner When well, we see her later she's trying to meet him in the coffee bean which is distinctively a coffee shop and not a dinner <laughs> shop just saying not a restaurant not a diner. Not a place that you would get dinner, but maybe they changed their their plans, like, after this walk. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they have sandwiches. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There's
1: a whole group of people who, like, stop at Starbucks on their way home from work to get dinner who are like, Derek, I eat dinner at coffee shops every day. (laughs) I don't know why they all sound like that. Maybe because they're eating dinner at coffee shops every day, but (laughs) – (laughs)
0: cut down on the caffeine man i say as i sip my umpteenth coffee for today (laughs) at at nine o'clock at night well you're not at a
1: coffee shop for dinner you're just having coffee for dinner it's very different
0: (laughs) oh i had dinner first this is my after dinner coffee the southern way ah
1: beautiful Mm -hmm. well kingpin meets up with alistair in person at his brand new mega slayer construction site. That is why did you need a construction
0: site a, for that one robot? And why does it need to be disguised as a toy shop? <laughs> so they can make the joke where the guy is like, um, the guys are like, the, the toy shop owner who's the, on the toy shop front is saying robots are very popular in the toy biz. What's the uh, company that makes Spider-Man's toy that's owned by Avi Arad? Toy biz. Mm-hmm. Not intentional, I know, but I just had to make that connection. Cool so <laughs> sorry episode over bye <laughs> <laughs> no i
1: um i actually like that better if that's if that is the explanation good but it's so funny that like they have this this like setup where it, it reminds me of the Kingsman. right have you seen Kingsman?
0: no i have not okay but well, i
1: sort of know a look yeah about they, it, they they're they're sort of hideout or whatever i don't know um is disguised, like, as a haberdashery, basically, and, like, they have to know you. Like, you have to, And if they don't know <laughs> you, you need, like, the password, or you need somebody with you. Mm-hmm. What's funny about this is if... If this is Kingpin's place, that guy knows Kingpin, right? <laughs> like, just, just let him yeah. in. I don't know. Maybe... I guess it's sort of like the... Uh, I don't know. Like, you still give. <sighs> prove security I, I don't know it's so weird. and
0: he he knows that chameleon exists too <gasps> so he's just sort of like there are shapeshifters and people with, good, good with the sizes out there
1: so it can't just look like kingpin it has to be yeah. kingpin especially because we already know that chameleon loves to impersonate kingpin dude yeah. i love it now i love it now i'm genuinely convinced this is such a good idea
0: cool yes
1: yo yes. oh that's like next level galaxy brain Damn. I watched these episodes being like, wow, Kingpin's a real dolt in these, huh? And like he probably still is, but uh, you're really you're really putting all the pieces together, dude.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I could be here for you. I I literally went into this episode like thinking like I don't have anything to say about this bullshit. So I'm glad that I'm actually like <laughs> accomplishing something here.
1: No, you totally are. Because I was like, this is the dumbest construction site lair <laughs> thing ever it's so stupid and now it actually makes perfect sense like in universe so cool dang because kingpin would have fired that guy if he didn't double check yeah or killed him yeah he would have killed him let's be real
0: yeah he would have killed him yeah that's our kingpin that's our kingpin <laughs> <laughs> well the reason that he's there in this mega slayer construction site is uh to check on the progress of the tablet's secrets and its translation However, he is shocked that Alistair hasn't been able to figure it out yet. Oh, back to being a dope. <laughs> <And> it's like, <laughs> okay. And I think this is like, um, yeah, yeah. They're like, Alistair is talking about how when he puts the light in it, uh, what whatever kind of light he's putting in it, it's like it's emitting radiation. Uh, like it's emitting, like all, giving off all kinds of radiation, and, which it's not behind any kind of like protection. Nope. They're not wearing any protection. So that seems bad. But Yep. <laughs> OK, um, but that terrible decision making and and, and lack of protection uh, leads Alistair to decide that they do actually need Dr. Connors to kind of speed up this process uh, before it, I guess, like blows up like a nuclear bomb. I don't That's know That's how they're treating it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> we need him now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, they, so th- it brings Dr. Connors sort of back into the fold and he'll kind of be in the fold. From here on out, in a way that <laughs> that is just sort of like that role, pretty much. Uh, we yeah. need Doctor Connors to figure this out because none of us can figure it out. So, at Doctor Connors' home, Kurt is asking Margaret, not Martha—I forgot about that. Oh yeah, to leave with their son because he knows that these guys are after the tablet. They know that he knows that they know that he was working on it. He also, to himself, knows that he could be turning into the lizard. So he just wants them kind of out he says go to your sisters basically while this is happening spider-man arrives and asks dr connor's like yo when did you start mutating again and we learn that it's been happening for a little while and it mm. seems to be stress related um when he gets really stressed it starts happening but i guess it hasn't fully happened yet so should have told somebody although i don't know who you tell other than yourself when you're dr connor's
0: I guess I mean like your wife should know true. that because that could be dangerous, and she's generally pretty awesome. So like I feel like she would nah, be like,
1: "Is this version of is Margaret awesome?"
0: Um, Martha's like awesome, awesome isn't the right word. She's <laughs> that's true. I, but no, but I feel like she's still like pro. Like she tries to be proactive, even though even if she fails, she at does it, say like, not,
1: "I can help you." Like don't kick yeah, me out. She, I want to help. So that's that's good.
0: Even in like the first episode of the show, like she didn't do great, but like she tried to pick up the neogenic recombinator for some reason. Like she tries yeah. to do something other than just scream and run away. True. Like she very, and she very clearly wants to like stand by her husband <laughs> and you know, didn't leave him the second that he turned into a lizard monster. So I think like that says something.
1: True. And the next thing that happens is Margaret screaming and running away.
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> not but like she's told she's told to run away. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. It's just funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you're right. No, she I, is. This, she's this better than all...
1: doing nothing. Like she doesn't do nothing. She does. She does try things. She has like drive and motivation, and and uh, she's not just like a total damsel.
0: Yeah, I mean, every woman in this episode is a total. Uh, the next two episodes are pretty much total damsels. So like, yeah. Anytime there's a smidgen of like having some agency, like I want to take it. To, yeah. to, like, I think it's worth calling out because. They're far and few in between. Yes.
1: That is fair. That is very, very fair.
0: <laughs> uh, thank God that Dr. Connors doesn't have like really bad anxiety because oh he would have been the lizard a long time ago. Well, are let's
1: see here are he and Crawford
0: friends? <laughs> <laughs> he, she she gave him some of her prescription yeah. before she went off to Africa. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe they're writing each other prescriptions. They're not really medical doctors, but
0: <laughs> I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're important people. They could make it happen.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, (laughs) God. So just as the Connors, just as Dr. Connors is kind of explaining about, about the stuff, uh, Margaret runs down the stairs screaming. (laughs) God damn it. Because the Mega Slayer is there crashing and causing women to run away screaming. Yeah. Um, he crashes through the upstairs wall. So it's in their house now. Spider-Man and the Mega Slayer clash. Um, I do like the little bit where Spidey – this is – I think this is one thing that you were talking about that they, they do a cool thing with its head slash yeah. like visor screen thing. He like webs one part of the robot screen and then it like turns mm-hmm. to another screen so so Smythe can still see out of that. Um, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was just looking
1: at the design and I I think it's just one step away from being kind of cool. Uh, like it is boring, but it has potential. Mm.
0: Sure, sure.
1: I'm remembering it being blander than it is. Still yeah. could be more than one color.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. I think it just needed an extra coat of paint. Yeah. And do cool. and it's what kind of design. I don't know,
1: make the head swivel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something, I don't know. But yeah, that is that is one of the things I was referencing. The fact that, it, it it sort of implies that the screen itself is also where the camera is placed, <laughs> because when one That's screen weird. is covered, he <laughs> switches to another. Although I guess he just really wants to be seen. Uh, but yeah, that I thought that was kind of a cool little detail that that they didn't have mm-hmm. to do that they they thought was neat and and included. So yeah, I like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. While this clash is going on, full lizard comes back.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think they show a transformation sequence. They just, like, cut to the lizard's there now, which is a little weird. Yeah, but... they don't
1: do super cool stuff with the lizard transformation in this episode. No, nah, not at all. Cool with it. <laughs> nope. Kind of just, like, flashes between, like, when they do show any sort of transform type stuff, it sort of, like, flashes between human and lizard hand, and then it's like,
0: lizard hand! Yeah, it's the cheapest possible way to do it. Yeah,
1: which is better than a terrible way to do it, I suppose. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know what a terrible way would be, are... but
1: sparkles maybe
0: yeah maybe sparkles or just like one soft dissolve from <laughs> one to the
1: other <laughs> oh yeah like the way you would have to do it in like an older show which uh-huh. is like uh uh-huh. yeah
0: <laughs>
1: okay yep. i'll take this yep. yeah yep Yeah.
0: yeah yep. yep. <laughs> yeah yeah you know eh. it is what it is the animation in, in both of these are kind of um they're mediocre
1: it's like it's not, in the it's, middle i would say it's not yeah. really terrible it's not the worst
0: not the worst not the best um yeah but you know yeah, so he's the lizard now, and now he's also fighting the Mega Slayer. Uh, so that's cool. It's crazy, and uh, Alistair like nobody nobody puts the pieces together that the lizard is wearing Doctor Connors' clothes, <laughs> even though it's like, clearly wearing a lab coat. But it's fine. Um, it just leads. It just adds to the chaos, I guess. Mm. That everybody's always just like, "Where would Doctor Connors go?" Yeah, because that's Alistair is just like, "Where did he go?" Doctor Connors is gone. I can't see Doctor Connors. Yeah. Um that, they don't even question the lizard thing. No. They're just like he's just there. Now there's uh, a monster. Yep. <laughs> but Kingpin is like, "We'll grab somebody." And uh Margaret is there running away, and so they grab Margaret and take her hostage.
1: Yep. Interesting. We never even see Billy, right?
0: No, they reference that because uh, when um, all, when when we first get Dr. Connors talking to Margaret, like before Spider-Man gets there. Is he already at the sisters? He's already at the – he oh. says you should go You should go join – like be with Billy at your sisters.
1: I see. Yeah. Okay, gotcha.
0: Yeah, which is, you know, smart way to get him out of the way. They can't have children in danger yeah. and it would have been annoying. So, Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> hostage number one of many has been taken. Oh, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Well, after Alistair takes hostage number one of many, uh, he tells Spider-Man that he, Spider-Man, has six hours to retrieve Dr. Connors and bring, I believe, bring Dr. Connors to the Empire State Building. <laughs> I think is what he says. Oh, I think so, yeah. It's funny because I'm pretty sure they're always at the Chrysler Building. I'm not sure. Whatever uh i yeah i
0: think it. Uh,
1: they show the Chrysler building a lot it. i don't know if that's where they actually end up for this rendezvous
0: yeah i don't remember actually now that i'm thinking about it
1: huh. i don't know that's where he tells doesn't him to matter. meet him doesn't matter at all he's got six hours to get dr connor's and spider-man's like i can't do that because he's a lizard and running away now but mm-hmm. he doesn't get really the chance to say that because alistair just like says that and the mega slayer flies off and just as the mega Slayers flying off, Spider-Man turns around and the lizard is like jumping into a manhole. So he's like, no, <laughs>
0: no
1: this could have been so easy if you just waited like two seconds. <laughs> it's That's funny. Moment. I actually think it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I really like, like that. Oh my God.
0: Really? Yeah. Worst day ever. It's good.
1: Cause it's like, you know, we have all these different sort of antagonist forces kind of all at play. And Spider-Man mm-hmm. knew it was going to happen, right? Like, he anticipated it. When he was still just, like, watching the newscast, he was like, it's about to get crazy. And he's, like, just trying to keep anything together. Yeah. And I wish they leaned almost harder into that. Because it's really funny when he's just sort of like, no, like, no. Like, don't go over there. Like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wrangling toddlers. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, it's like, great. really, really, really,
1: really. Yeah, exactly. I love it.
0: <laughs> uh, so... Silvermanes. We cut back to him. We haven't seen him in a little while in mm-hmm. this episode, but now enter Tombstone. Tombstone is Hammerhead's new replacement, and he is going to be the one retrieving the tablet for Silvermane now. So Silvermane also says that there's extra pay if Tombstone can retrieve Dr. Connors, who is getting to be a big hot commodity mm-hmm. here. Um <laughs> when tombstone asks how to find connor's alisa enters and it's kind of a big reveal because she's like steps in from off screen and and it's just like dun 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 i think they even might have had a little music sting for it <laughs> could have been a cool reveal if she'd been around like all season and we didn't know who she was and then it turned out she was a bad guy the whole time mm-hmm. but well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so she enters and offers to help in setting a trap for the doctor and it's officially revealed that to- that Alicia is Silvermane's daughter when Tombstone hits on her, which is awkward. Mm-hmm.
1: It's weird because they kind of do like two reveals. They do the one where it's like, oh, no, she works for Silvermane. And then mm-hmm. like five seconds later, it's like, oh, no, she's the daughter of
0: Silvermane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: okay.
2: <laughs> it's
1: fine, I guess. Yeah. Like
0: Hiding under the brilliant disguise of Alicia Silver instead of Silvermane. Yeah. That's a bad alter ego. It's a very comic booky thing. That's I true. Mean, That's you know. true. Can't really It's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid, but it's a comic booky yeah. thing. Silver Silvermane? <gasps> what? Yeah. That very common last name that everyone has of Silver? <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I do like that Tombstone hits on her and, <laughs> and Silvermane's like, "Excuse me. Please don't." <laughs> bad choice.
0: It's also crazy because like he's so old, like he could be her grandfather. So yeah. like he had to be pretty old when he had her. Yeah, because she's in college. Yeah, she's presumably the same age as everybody else. So like nineteen, maybe yeah, twenty.
1: That's what you'd guess. She's not made to mm-hmm. look older or non traditional or anything. Like she's yeah. supposed to be the same age as Deborah. <laughs> I would. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's funny. What? If, I wonder if she. Uh, what if she based her alter ego on Duke Silver? Oh, that's why. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, oh, weird. Oh, I, well, I like that last name, but uh, even though it's close to Silvermane, but I'm just such a big fan of him.
1: Yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess th- that would be... What if she claimed Duke Silver was her father? That'd be even better.
0: That would make more sense than Silvermane being her father, to be honest. Well, yeah. I guess, like,
1: timeline-wise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, time Yeah, like, age-wise. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Although, I guess... If this was the night, if this was 1995, it probably would actually probably make more sense that her and Duke silver slash Ron would be like brother and sister. Probably. They have a family band. There you go. Oh yeah. I like it. I like it. Cool. (laughs) Cool.
1: Well, as Alistair begins to worry about the power that's emanating from the tablet, which is like full on like glowing at this point. (laughs) Spider-Man follows the lizard into the subway. So those are two real, real small scenes just to, to move things along. Elsewhere in a limousine, Vanessa Fisk is alerted by her chauffeur, her very hot chauffeur, that yeah. they're being... yes. <laughs> yes, uh, good good mustache on that man. Mm-hmm. That they're being followed and a car chase ensues. Um, terrifying car chase. <laughs> the the <laughs> last vehicle I want to be in, in a car chase, is the limousine. Dude, uh, seriously? Wow. But anyway, they reach a dead end in an alley, which actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, this chauffeur is not only hot, but should be in the Fast and Furious, because how he even got down the alley in the first place, it's, like, uh-huh. kind of incredible.
0: But they... Yeah. they... Well, he spotted, the, he spotted the CGI, and it was like, mm. better drive through that. That's drive, where I gotta go. Drive to that. Yeah, yeah. Follow the, follow the CGI. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when they reach that dead end, it's revealed that Tombstone was the one following them, um, and he was doing that in order to kidnap Vanessa as hostage number two... Ding. whoa
0: <laughs> hostage counter going up, uh-huh. up, up, up yep that's two hostages <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah well cool so <laughs> spider-man manages to find the lizard eventually in the sewer uh, they fight near a subway track, and after nearly being thrown onto the live rail, Spider-Man repeats that same tactic against the lizard by uh, throwing him on the rail, getting him electrocuted, and knocking him unconscious, um, which allows Spidey to bring the lizard back to that neogenic lab, and he administers the exact same neogenic treatment that Spider-Man has to get every 24 hours, uh, which actually reverses the lizard's mutation and turns him right back into Dr. Connors.
1: Yes. Yes. During the treatment that Connors is getting, uh, Tombstone crashes through the lab wall, which is the second time in a matter of, like, probably a day (laughs) that that wall has been smashed by somebody. (laughs) It's the same wall, I'm pretty sure. And Tombstone confronts Spider-Man. The confrontation knocks the neogenic recombinator off its track. They really got to get a better better locking system in place for that thing. Yeah, yeah. Because this, just like last time, just sort of, like, goes kind of off <laughs> off the rail.
0: I know. It's just, like, on a rotating swivel. Like, put, yeah. put a, like, just one, just you turn the knob and it locks. Like, yeah. I don't understand. That's, like, a, the norm <laughs> for, like, do, like, a microphone stand or something. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard.
1: Any any tripod, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, any of them. <laughs> yep. Yep. But this uh, this oversight causes the uh, recombinator to fire at a number of items that are on the shelf, which release some sort of chemical gas. It's just like it hits a bunch of chemicals, basically. And they uh, mix together and create some sort of gas into the lab. When Tombstone ends up sort of grabbing Spider-Man, Spider-Man claims that they need to get out of there because the gases are going to suffocate them. And then we get this really strange thing where Tombstone is like... <sighs> Uh, what is he? Basically, Spider-Man says, like, we'll all suffocate. And Tombstone's like, that's the thing. I don't need to breathe. And then it goes to to be continued.
0: (laughs) Okay. What? Is that a thing from the comics, I guess? It's to, it's not? No.
1: I don't believe it is. (laughs) I do not think that is a quality of Tombstone across the board. I didn't dig very deep into this, but I did see one thing that said, like, it's hinted in the animated series that Tombstone may or may not be either some sort of zombie-like creature or undead because he doesn't <laughs> breathe. And I was like, that cannot be canon. That cannot be a thing that exists across, like, multiple iterations of Tombstone. Because it's yeah, inconsequential. It's... Spoiler alert, it's totally inconsequential. It doesn't yeah. matter at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's such a weird place to do the to be continued on. Like, it's a weird... I mean, I guess... The, these Both these episodes just, like, run together, and they just literally just split it in the middle because there's really no, like, natural – this is not, like, a natural endpoint because a lot of this stuff – like, this isn't the climax of the story, what of any of these stories whatsoever. No. So, like, it's just – yeah, so it ends up being a really weird place for it to to stop. Like, oh, that's – that's where we're stopping? Okay. I mean, like, I
1: guess the line itself maybe is meant to address that problem. The fact that like where they're stopping isn't a natural stopping point. So like they create this moment of like, uh I I guess maybe Spider Man's gonna die, and maybe he's gonna die because the person holding on to him won't die, and him dying relies on them staying in play. I don't know. It's it's very strange. <laughs> Because <laughs> I just can't think of any other reason
0: to say that line. Because it, it it amounts to nothing, nothing. Yeah. yeah, it's literally just to like try to cover for a potential like plot hole, I guess, of him not suffocating too. But it's not really necessary because you could have just ended it on him. Choking Spider-Man in a bunch of chemical gas, and that's already pretty dire, right. you know. I, it's, and instead, now like that's your end endpoint. You <laughs> it's just weird. It's like that's the last thing that that's the last thing you remember. I don't need <laughs> to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? I can't wait till next week. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> it's like that's the thematic statement of the episode. Oh. It's just like metaphorically. None of us need to breathe. Are any but of us breathing? Are any of us breathing? And that's what drives us to get the tablet of time <laughs> is our need to breathe. I, like, ah. yeah, it's silly.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really makes you think.
1: Yeah, real thinker for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you did mention at the top of this episode that talking about the first one without the actual second one is tough. And it's because the whole episode is setting everything up. So like, they're not even done. They're what? not even done
0: setting everything up. There's yeah. more like half of the next episode is setting more stuff up and unsetting up things that were set up and then resetting them up. It's like, uh, we'll talk about that one. Yeah. Like next, well, next time.
1: But it's like this, ugh. this ending is instead of being like a big period on the end of the episode, it's like the biggest comma ever. We're like, there's <laughs> definitely more. <laughs> yeah. The sentence isn't even close to being over.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, I don't know. They're,
0: this, it's fun, it's fun, it's just kind of dumb, and like a little bit frustrating. I
1: really do wonder, and this is a question we won't really ever know the answer to, I guess, but I do wonder if we had somehow just rolled through Disney Plus and watched these two instead. No, it still wouldn't have worked. If these, okay, here's my question. Mm-hmm. If these episodes, even though we haven't talked about the second one yet, whatever, If these two episodes were in the first season, would we be higher on them than we are inevitably going to be after we're done talking about this two-parter?
0: Maybe. I see what you're getting at. I mean, yeah. Like, avoiding the fact that, like, Silvermane hadn't been introduced. But this could be the first episode he was introduced in. Like, whatever. In the same way that Elisa and Vanessa just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, I see what you mean. Because it does... Yeah, because they're just kind of like – because I think that we would – I think in the first season, we would be impressed that, like, the Dr. Conners Lizard stuff got brought up again mm-hmm. and was, like, utilized in the way that it was, um, for one. And I think that we would have I, – I think we might have rolled with it a little bit more. But even then, like, it kind of reminds me of the Hobgoblin two-parter a little bit. A little bit. There are it's definitely not, big parts of it that are like that, for sure. It's not as – it's not as like bad or boring as those episodes kind of ultimately were in a lot of ways because it was anchored by hobgoblin and he just kind of sucks. Yeah. But like, and this isn't really anchored by anybody. This is every party kind of, kind of going at each other. Um, so it's sort of like, in a way it's kind of the best stuff from the hobgoblin episodes where it's just like these different parties and forces like, like bumping up against each other and double crossing each other back and forth a bunch of times. So from that angle, I could see that, like, I think that we would have fun with it, but I think we would still have the same kind of um, lack of satisfaction with how, like, empty they kind of Mm -hmm. are, you know? Like, there really is not any substance. And, again... There's been a lot of cases that we've brought up where, like, it's a really fun episode, and they try to, like, kind of shoehorn in a theme to sound like they're smarter than they actually are, to make it sound more important than it is, and we'll call that out when it's like, doesn't really work. So, like, I'm glad this episode isn't trying really hard to be, like, look how smart we are, because it's obviously not. They're just trying to have fun. I think the problem is that just, like, they're having fun. But, like, at this point, it's not that different from what we've seen before. And there are still aspects of it that you can really see how they could have easily done it better based on what they've been doing earlier in the season. Like, sure. a.k.a. they could have introduced Elisa better and all of that stuff would have been great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that all makes sense. Um, and I don't I don't think I don't think thinking about it is necessarily me trying to, like, excuse what it does. Um I just I wonder. I really do wonder. Um I I think there are a lot of things that it could have done better this episode specifically um and this will be the same for the second one. They they have a lot of the same problems, but this one has a couple of like back and forth that don't need to happen and I wish that they had figured out a cleverer or more interesting way to fill some of the time than just being like, now this person has the tablet, Uh especially when like, ultimately the, the, the exchanging of the tablet doesn't really result in meaningful differences in the story.
0: A lot of the time. That's yeah. I think that's a
1: big problem. So, I I don't know. Uh, I, I wish that there had been stuff like that, but maybe that was what was fun for them was like the back and forth sort of like kooky aspect of it. I don't yeah,
0: know. That's the I, thing that I've struggled with because I can sort of see that idea of, because of, that, that, that itself, I'm trying to feel like, I feel like there is like, a particular genre or something that exists where it's just sort of like playing hot potato with an item. And that's, that's the whole plot. And that can be really fun where it's just like, you have this MacGuffin and everyone's going after it. And the fun is like seeing who's going to trick who in this way. And then who's going to like double cross who in this way. And who's going to come up with this ingenious plan to get it in this way. But that, I think that only works if like the characters, like motivations are compelling, which like, I guess they kind of are in this one but not like a whole lot and if the ways that they're passing these things passing the macguffin back and forth is actually like really ingenious and interesting mm-hmm. and half the time it's just like a robot punches someone yeah. and takes it someone punches the robot and takes it and like that's it
1: yeah but yeah it never changes hands in this episode in any sort of clever way
0: yeah yeah yes yes definitely definitely i see what they're going for could have been done way better yeah yes Real quick, one uh, face of the episode. Not really a face. It's more like a <laughs> body, part of the, of the episode. Episode. body <laughs> part of the episode. Body part of the episode. This uh, when when uh, when uh, Doc is being transformed back from the lizard into his human form from the neogenic recombinator, they do have a really that brief a brief like transformation sequence. It's not much of anything, um, but then they hold on this one frame of him where there's like it's like a remnant of his lizard hand. I guess it's on the arm that's like amputated. Yeah. And, like, I can't. It's like it was an unfinished drawing, maybe, of a lizard hand, but, like, or, or. I don't know how to describe it, because it just looks like a splatter of green, like, drawn around his arm. Yeah. So it's like. I could see how, like, it could have been, like, a folded claw, but, like, it's all the way up at the end of his arm. So, like, it would make sense if this was a still frame from a fully animated transformation sequence where you saw it, like, shrink back into his arm. But it's not that. It's just, like, one weirdly drawn green scribble attached to his arm. Made even better by the fact that because the shot is him being, like, bathed in the neogenic (laughs) light... It's like he's it looks like he's just like floating in just this just like psychedelic green space.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to understand what the goal was with this drawing of his yeah. arm. I, the only way I can think it makes any sense based on what appears to connect with anything else is that something was like lost in translation from the actual like initial drawing and what ended up on the screen. Like, in the way that his clothes are tattered and stuff like that, like, I I just... Because I don't know what connects to what, you know? Like, it looks like there's a piece of this weird green arm that goes up and behind his arm. And I don't know where that's supposed to be or connect to because it it appears that there's space in between that piece of the green body part and what appears to be a hand. it's, It's sort of like... It's almost like an optical illusion a little bit where you're like, I'm not really sure where any of this goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it might be right is that um, initially it was drawn, intended to be like tattered, his tattered shirt somehow. It mm-hmm. still doesn't really make sense. But but somehow supposed to be kind of like tattered clothing and then it just got colored wrong maybe. Yeah. But even then, like even if you replace it with a white, it still like doesn't still make Still a sense. couple extra lines. Yeah. It's yeah. very strange.
1: Huh. I don't know. It is interesting though cuz it's it does is like just sort of floating. <laughs> yeah. You could like trace yep. this exact image and like change his face and he would look like uh like he was like flying up into the heavens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like his
1: tattered jacket. His tattered lab coat is very cool.
0: I do too. His whole tattered I like the whole tattered outfit. Yeah, it's neat. It's good. I like it. I like it. Cool. Well, <laughs> that was less fun than uh <laughs> <laughs> the
1: <normal>. I think <laughs> we found lots of fun in it. I think we made I think we it fun.
0: I think we did. I hope we did. I hope <laughs> we did. I feel so weird. I feel like I don't. I didn't want to be so down on this episode, but it's just so hard to not be for some reason. I don't know. I, it's not even the worst one. It's not even close to the worst one. I think it's just like a lot of missed opportunities, and that's extra frustrating.
1: I don't feel so. It's weird. I don't feel. I don't feel very down on it. I just. I like. I'm not heavily disappointed by it or like bummed out or anything. Mm. I just, uh, it's like messy. And I, I, I didn't want to think about it as much as I think this wanted me to think about it. (laughs) Like it's
0: more to track
1: than I, than I really wanted. So I'm just sort of like, eh, that was chaotic and weird and, and not, not for me. (laughs) Cool. That makes sense. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully you're not too down on it. (laughs)
0: no <laughs> yeah, it's cool it's still it was fun to watch until i had to talk think about it and talk about it that's all that, i think
1: that's it that's <laughs> it right like like we like there are some episodes that we talk about we're like that was really fun and it'll be fun to talk about this one was like fun to watch but really really shouldn't have been thought about yeah that's that's my yeah, takeaway
0: i think that that's exactly right well hey you know eh, whatever if 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 you like listening to us talk about things that are fun to think about you can listen to more bonus things on our patreon we have some bonus episodes that are there for all patrons so join our patreon at patreon.com slash snappers. otherwise if you would like to find us individually where can we find you doug
1: You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, tweeting mostly just about things I'm watching or doing. And if you like Pokemon stuff, you can find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon as we feel like it.
0: Where can people find what you're doing, Derek? Cool, cool, cool. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale, D-E-R-E-K-B-G-A-Y-L-E. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, looking at bad or divisive media from a positive lens. And if you would like to follow Walloping Web Snappers on social media, check out our faces, the episode, and more goodies, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web You can also email us at Walloping Web Podcast at gmail.com. Send us on any uh, fan art or feedback or questions or concerns, uh, theories respond to some of the stuff that we were saying that may or may not have been uh, problematic potentially uh, inf- enlighten us and inform us we would love to hear uh, hear your thoughts on some of the more complicated stuff that we talked about this <laughs> episode because i would be fascinated to learn more and please rate review and subscribe to us on apple podcasts the easiest way uh, for people to find us is if we have a higher uh, rating or rather more ratings. So whatever you think is appropriate, please give us some stars. And if you would like, give us a review and we will read it, Uh, do it or rather do a dramatic reading of it on our social media, which is fun, even if it's weird or bad. So please do that. We would love to hear from you. Next week, however, we're going to be continuing with this madness. But first, we're going to have to do a little bit of baby-proofing as the Tablet of Time shenanigans continue in Ravages of Time. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. See you there. (laughs) See ya.
1: Spider-Man uh Spider-Man oh my gosh